Welcome, Eagles, to another episode of Trad Cat Night Radio. I am Eric Kajewski, founder and owner of Trad Cat Night, your one-stop website for all the day's latest church apostasy and end-time news. My good friends, get to tradcatnight.blogspot.com daily. It is updated daily. Trad Cat Night is highly unique and is featured all over the alternative media circuit. And I'm doing my best to keep you up to date on all the latest happenings from around the world as we head closer to the fruition of the third secret of Fanima. My good friends, please subscribe to Trad Cat Night right now here on YouTube. Click the notification button. Make sure your friends, family, church members are aware of Trad Cat Night. Uh, the things that I've been warning about for years are coming to fruition now. It's only going to get worse. Don't think it stops with Francis. It's going to get worse than Francis. And so I encourage you all to continue to spread word of Trad Cat Night. And in the event that my YouTube channel does go down, uh, we're seeing a lot of censorship as of late. As a matter of fact, one of my uh, videos exposing uh, the apostasy in the church as it relates to Jews and Freemasons being behind it was just blocked over this past weekend. So we can expect more of that activity. Uh, the bottom line is make sure you're getting and staying connected to Trad Cat Night material across the plethora of platforms that we are on now, whether it's Veterans Today, Minds.com, PewTube, BitChute, Steam It, DTube. These talks, these podcasts are on iTunes and Google Play, player.fm, soundcloud.com, and of course the sister site, tradcatnight.org. My good friends, today is May 8th, 2018. We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I apologize for this past week not getting a lot of podcasts up. I've been having a lot of neurological disturbances. Sleep cycle has been very bizarre. Uh, it's just been a very challenging week, to say the least. I'm doing my best to get as much information as I can out to you. Uh, in this particular broadcast, what I'd like to do is cover some of my last uh, few articles. I want to go through my timeline, talk about the latest happenings, uh, both in the church and also what we're seeing as it relates to uh, more end time uh, related news. A lot of earth changes happening lately. Truly so much to discuss. Not sure how long we'll go on this podcast. I'm planning on about uh, an hour or so to give you a little bit more time. But what I plan on doing uh, pretty much going forward is this. I'm going to try to do updates to the YouTube channel on a more daily basis. Uh, doing solo podcasts. The actual live shows, uh, we'll have to see. Um, um, again, going forward, I'll have to see whether I want to continue that particular avenue. Uh, it does cost a substantial amount of money, and sometimes it can be hit or, hit or miss uh, with the live call-in shows. And so um, I pretty much can just use other... Um, platforms, if you will, to do some of these talks uh, as opposed to doing those live shows. Those live shows I've started so that, you know, you could have your voice heard so that people could kind of get more involved. And, and last week was uh, pretty disappointing, three-hour program and uh, no calls whatsoever. So to, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm leery about continuing to move forward, doing that on a weekly basis since the, the uh, it's, it's not that people don't have anything to say because I've, I've heard from a lot of you behind the scenes and I think just a lot of people are leery of having their verse, their voice heard on air, which is, you know, it's fine. Even when I started first doing these podcasts many years ago, it's kind of weird hearing yourself, you know, your, your voice and 
talking on air and this or that. So I can understand. It's just that, I mean, to be a host on Blog Talk Radio, it costs a substantial amount of money, at least the package that I've subscribed for. So um, we'll have to see with the live shows going forward. Uh, we will have one this weekend. We'll be talking uh, Planet X, May the 12th, Steve Olson, Terrell Blackstar, Earth Changes, May 13th, we'll have Patrick Wood and Dr. Duke uh, Pesta. And then going forward in May, it'll be kind of like hit or miss with the special guests. I, I honestly don't plan on doing them every day with special guests, more or less. I want to be doing solo podcasts going forward. Um, as you know, it becomes quite difficult when bringing non-Catholic guests on um, in terms of what they have to say, which would run contrary sometimes, either scripture or the message of Fatima and so on and so forth. And so what I like to do is take breaks, uh, as I did last year, from doing the special guest show and just getting back to doing solo podcasts uh, on a more regular. And so that's what I plan on doing pretty much going forward, um, although I uh, I do plan on having you know individuals like Father Kramer on, and maybe we'll get Monsignor Perez, Father Voigt back on, uh, and a few others. But uh, pretty much going forward, you can expect solo podcasts. Now, folks, what I'd like to do is get directly into uh, some of my latest talks. Uh, I will title this episode uh, Francis, excuse me, Further Francis Fiendish Attacks Upon the Faith. Of course, we have heard, all heard the comments concerning what anti-Pope Francis has said about uh, the Holy Ghost. I want to break that down uh, a little bit further. Uh, bef but before I do that, I wanted to get into... Uh, a little piece that I wrote uh, within this past week entitled A Wavering Faith. And while I was reading scripture, James 1 through 6, it says this, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. Say that again. Nothing wavering when you are asking. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, which is moved and carried about by the wind. We go back to the foundation of this particular apostolate. What have I always said to you from the beginning? Faith or fear? Flight or fright? Now, within the spiritual world, we are pulled either toward the sacred heart of Jesus and grace, or we are pulled to sin through self-love. The book of James reminds us that when we ask God, we are to ask God in full confidence. No wavering. This rules out any wavering on our behalf. Yeah, it is true. We are often tossed about to and fro in the interior of our own souls by sin in this sea of self-love. How many fail to end that which they first set out to accomplish? How many souls have ended in hell after starting out so well and fervent for Christ? Nay, the hour is not to waver between moving forward in grace and retreating due to sin. We must be soldier-like in advance, for our eternal rest is dependent upon our wills staying firm. And again, James 1, verse 7 through 8 says this, Therefore let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is inconsistent in all his ways. Should we expect that which we ask for if we waver? The answer from Scripture is no. We cannot be asking in faith in the morning and doubting by evening's end and expect the result we are looking for. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because without faith, it is impossible to stir up the sacred heart into giving you that which you seek. Now, it is true that God gives according to his will, for he alone knows that which is best for our soul. 
but he does command us in Scripture to at least ask. Ask and ye shall receive, right? We should not expect an answer to our prayer or a miracle if we are double-minded. God desires simplicity in all of our lives, especially our prayer lives, and he despises the double-minded. Now, the modernists who have hijacked our church are very double-minded. We'll get into this a little bit with Francis. One day they say A, the next day they will say B, and contradict themselves. And then the Francis apologists will come out and only point out the good stuff, point A, <laughs> leave out point B. They ask God for an end to all the world's violence through disarming the populace, right? Francis has recently stated this, pacifist Francis. This is a clever Marxist trap indeed, and of course God will not hear this prayer from those who will remain not only double-minded, but, but also those who obstinately refuse to obey the mother of God, the message of Fatima. He is not hearing the Bergoglios of the world. Faith must fly through the storm. Faith doesn't avoid the storm, right? The more we try to flee the storm, if you will, the more we will find it chasing us. I know a few people who have left the church for the schismatic orthodox because they don't see why they should stay in the church, so to speak, because they see so much heresy and scandal in the conciliar church. This is not showing God your faith. This is a decision rooted in self-love and is simply avoiding the cross. That truly is being a separatist when you leave for uh, the orthodox. Now, our position is quite different because although we recognize the mainstream churches are heretical, we are still keeping the faith of all times. We are still in the church. And we are willing for God to carry us through the storm. God is going to take you to the edge of the cliff as an eagle to see how you will react. Faith or fear? Flight or fright? Those who remain in grace and stay resolute in their desire to please God will fly supernaturally through the aid of God and not by mere natural reason. Those who think they know better and think they can avoid the storm by ducking below it, so to speak, will only drown in the seas below with the waves crashing all around them. This is because in order for an eagle to fly, it must keep its wings spread in faith and hope. And those who succumb to self-love will simply dive bomb into the seas below. Sin is heavy, folks. It's going to weigh your wings down. Now, what about these waves inbound, crashing upon the shorelines? It's very difficult to fight against our ailing human nature. We, like the surfer, if you will, must paddle out against the waves and the currents, which are seemingly difficult, uh, that break near the shoreline. We need God's grace, of course, to break these initial waves of self-love and to sustain us through this whole journey. St. Augustine reminds us that we will not rest until our hearts rest in his. We are trying to break through these waves on a daily basis, are we not? It is our fight and no one else's. And to the victor will be an answer to prayer and God's peace. And to the loser will be those who succumb to sin and will drown. Now, Peter had faith in Scripture, right, for a few steps. Then he started to realize what, what he was actually doing, and he started to doubt. He wasn't resolute. He started to waver, and then he nearly drowned. Did he not? Even the best fall, this is the whole point of why I bring up Peter. So you must realize this. You need to get back in the game, so to speak. Get the water off of your feathers, so to speak, and be prepared to launch yet again. This is your battle. This is the battle against self and nature, 
And we cannot have the victory without the beloved. Now have patience with yourself. This comes from James 1, uh, verse 2 through 4. My brother, count it all joy when you shall fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience, and patience hath a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, failing in nothing. It is God, yes, who allows the storm, or he allows these waves, so as to sanctify your soul. He's giving you opportunities to grow in holiness, and yet many of you are not recognizing that. He's giving you an opportunity to spread your wings and fly. He wants you to fly higher and higher and not waver and waver. So as you continue to progress in the spiritual life, there are going to be harder challenges and heavier crosses. It's not going to get easier. Do not look down, folks, but keep your eyes focused on the sun above. Ask for a greater degree in patience and faith. He wants and seeks your perfection. And you're not going to arrive at this perfection by dodging the storm. You will only be fatally wounded in the process by doing so. God doesn't like the draft dodgers, if you will. You are called to be a soldier in these end times for his divine army. Are you going to embrace this call? What about breakthrough? Doing violence unto yourself and resisting sin. You have to break through these early rough waves, and you will find that the waters out in the open deep sea to be rather gentle. And so I wrote a poem in summary of this particular little piece, if you will. It's called Waves. Oh, how I delight in the light, how I am free in thy gentle breeze, but your love is demanding as I hear thy voice calling. For it is faith ye seek, it is thy heart which we must please. And oh, how I see cold hearts remain frozen, out past these sands of self-denial, unwilling to swim through the roaring waves of adversity. For it is self-love which is strong, it is my own wavering heart which seeks to drown me. But fear not, amidst the storm's clouds dissipating, amidst two hearts speaking intimately, it is still he who lovingly commands the waves of these created waters. And it's still he who supernaturally walks upon the waves of your own unseen sea. Psalms 88.10 reminds us in summary, point of meditation for us all today. Thou rulest the power of the sea and appeaseth the motion of the ways thereof. God is still in control, folks. He's still in control uh, of this crisis, even though it seems to get worse and worse on a daily basis. And truly, it's, you know, on a certain level, we could argue that, but he's he's trying to make us into saints. He's truly trying to weed out those who are going to compromise, who are going to fall into heresy. And he wants to see who truly is with him in these end times. Now, what about the whole notion of Vatican II and the search for truth. How often when I would read the post-conciliar popes and their messages when they're kind of doing their whole Novus Ordo um, tour, if you will, around the world, I would often hear, we're still searching for truth. Is this the reality? The reality is, in general, now I'm speaking about those following Vatican II, the reality is these people are not interested in truth. If they were, they would have remained with us, as our Lord said in the gospel. In the end, they are not interested 
in truth, but rather are, are interested in fitting in. They're trying to fit in with their neighbors. They're trying to fit in with the others in democratic fashion who they deem to be quote-unquote sane. It's truly because they're full of themselves still. They don't truly have what they say that they have. They are truly ripe to embrace this religion of self, of the Antichrist. Vatican II was certainly a tsunami which slammed into the church. It surely isn't a new Pentecost, as John Paul II suggests. And perhaps I'm being redundant because I've talked about this topic at times in past, but it's always helpful to bring up the subject yet again, especially for those new to Tradcat Night. We have heard coming from the highest authorities in the church of this quest or search for truth, yet doesn't the Catholic Church already have the truth? The answer is yes, therefore, what are the conciliarists still looking for? Right? like Kind of like you two. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. But as Catholics, we already have it. And I'll get to what is so ironic about this uh, at the end here. This is more Vatican II newspeak. Kind of like the whole made-up formula of the whole partial communion. You're in full communion. Yada, yada, yada communion. Yada, yada, yada chameleon. That song. However that song goes. <laughs> Back in the 80s. This is all set up for the formalized one world religion. Allow me to explain further. The foundation principles of the one world church of apostasy was laid down at Vatican II. We have such heretical texts coming from this quote unquote council, such as the Church of Christ subsisting in the Catholic Church. Or how about this one? The church is a sign or symbol of the unity of the whole human family. An obvious implication that everyone in the human family, including us heretical traditionalists, right? We should, we're, we're a part of the whole human family, are we not? Therefore, we're in the Vatican II Church, according to them. So why is Francis being so hard on us? <laughs> why are the other modernists who call themselves Catholics trying to make it seem like we're on the outside of the church when, according to the Vatican II texts themselves, say the whole human family is a part of the church? How about the believers and non-believers agreeing that all the efforts of man relate back to man as its center and summit? It's the second step in Satanism, as Father Hess points out. Clear implication of the man-centered, impotent, humanitarianist religion that Vatican II has put into play. And how about, lastly, Protestant sects being a means of salvation, Vatican II says. Now, we could truly go on and on with the Vatican II heresies, but this is sufficient for the topic at hand. Now, it's implied already that the whole human family is a part of the church, quote-unquote, and this is why we see such obscene comments from the, coming from the highest authorities. Whether it is the Jews do not have to convert anymore, whether just in general it's proselytism is nonsense. Back in the early 90s, the Bellamont Agreement, JP2 said to the Orthodox, there's no need to return to the Catholic faith. It's outdated ecclesiology. That's heretical, folks. How about converting souls to the Catholic religion is outdated ecclesiology. I just mentioned that. JP2 and the Bellamont Agreement. You could look that up. Sorry for repeating that. I meant to say. How about atheists just having to have to obey their conscience? This, of course, is a phony understanding of conscience. Just as the conciliar church has a phony understanding of virtually every traditionally understood word that's available and out there. 
And it directly relates to Freemasonry and its concept of liberty of conscience, freedom of conscience. Add to this now this new quest, if you will, of the conciliar church, of them still searching for truth. Now, the reason why I bring up this is because the New World Order has been seeking to unify humanity, of, cor of course, falsely, on the natural level alone, right? We just recently had uh, those talks out there in uh, Unite for Cure, bring in all the, the, the New World Order puppets like Dr. Oz, and so now they're trying to unify everyone on a health level. What about just this past week, hopefully we'll get into this a little bit, with fashion, now, now, now they're trying to unify everyone <laughs> on the level of fashion, I mean, it's everything on, on, on the natural level alone. It has nothing to do with doctrine, right? Even Francis has attacked real Catholics saying, you know, and implying we're dogmatists. I mean, it's the same attack that Antichrist Maitreya has in his apologetics. They need dogmatism to end in order to unify humanity. It's all preparatory for the false prophet and the Antichrist's arrival. Get people out of the Catholic religion into this man-centered one, and bingo, we've accomplished the first step, which they've obviously done, which we obviously can see through the text of Vatican II. Yes, the heretics who occupy our buildings now will continue to search for truth, if you will, until they eventually take the mark of the beast, until these fools actually embrace the notion that we are all one, as Maitreya is saying. There is no need for Jesus, even some of them will say. Because he is in the past. Or better yet, some will even say, we have misunderstood what Christ truly have taught. I mean, we're already seeing that now in the conciliar church. But it's only going to become more rampant and widespread. This is why these Luciferians will get rid of Christmas altogether. Yes, that is on the New World Order agenda. They do plan on eradicating Christmas off of the calendars, off of the world. And they will argue... Why do we need Christmas when we are living in a perpetual new spring? Because Antichrist Maitreya will be among us. He will be our savior, right? We'll have to take his mark in order to buy or sell. Remember what JP2 said about Vatican II being a new springtime for the church? Yikes. This, of course, is a short-lived, phony new springtime of the Antichrist, which will precede the real thing that Our Lady of Fatima had so demonstratively said would occur the devil loves to counterfeit and that's what the new religion of vatican II is it's counterfeit it's a counterfeit conciliar church it's being passed off as catholic uh, with that catholic label but inside it's a void of true catholic doctrine who is getting fooled in the situation obviously the vatican tours they're being fooled because they have itchy ears they hear not the truth, therefore God has handed them over to false doctrines. Their false obedient routine then follows the false doctrines that they follow. And again, this, this ultimately stems from pride. When people are not honestly open to hearing truth, within this, in this case would be tradition, when we say something, okay, the pre-Vatican II popes have condemned A, 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 over and over and over again. We obviously show Vatican II teaches the opposite or what some pope says. This is not being ignorant. This is being prideful. This is people following the whole false obedience routine. These people will stand culpable before God. The reality is these people are not interested in truth. If they were, they would have remained with us, as our Lord said in the gospel. They are of the world. They're trying to fit in with this man-centered, naturalist, utopian society being built, which is full of lies and deceit. In the end, they're not interested in truth. They truly are not. 
but they're interested in fitting in because they're full of themselves. As I mentioned at the top, they're ripe to embrace the formal religion of self of the Antichrist. We have to remember, folks, that it's traditionally taught that the vast majority of quote-unquote Catholics would formally fall from the faith and take the mark. Hence, the great apostasy. The Vatican tours are stripped of the title Catholic by Pope St. Pius X. And they are in much need of our prayer for their own conversion. He said it, I did it. We just make that connection, and thus we can say it. If we can prove it, we can say it. I don't need any kind of ecclesiastical authority to say it. Now, ironically, objectively speaking, the Novus Ordo doesn't hold the truth. Therefore, it's no wonder why they're still searching for it. I'll say it again to let that sink in. It's obviously a ploy. What I'm trying to get at, folks, is the Novus Ordo, they're saying we're searching for truth. Once they get to that certain point of formally uniting humanity with the false prophet coming onto the scene and, and proclaiming this invalid in ex cathedra statement, such as, you know, we are all one, you know, every religion is good, however they're going to pin it or put it, they're now going to say, we have the truth. This is what we've been looking for all along. We're all just one. We're all great. Everything's hunky-dory in Nova Sordo land. You now get it? So that's what I say in close to this section is, objectively speaking, it's quite ironic because they don't hold the truth to begin with. So it's no wonder why they're still searching for it. And obviously by them proclaiming what they will proclaim in the future, they will still be proclaiming apostasy. Now what about, folks, the article uh, that I just wrote? Probably some of you haven't seen it already because I just got it up about 30 minutes ago. And this one's called Further Francis Fiendish Attacks Upon the Faith. I just posted a whole bunch of his pictures with various clowns and weirdos that show up at the Vatican. No more weirdo than him, uh, in, in all fairness. Uh, and I know... Obviously, I have to speak this, um, and I just kind of put at the end of this article whole Pee Wee's Playhouse theme song, you know, how nutty that was and how crazy that was with talking couches and flying dinosaurs. I mean, this is what it's like in Nova Sorto Land. It's a giant circus that people think are normal. Like, the people in Vatican II, they think this is just all normal. <laughs> they think we're nutty. Yes, folks, the Francis Fun Factory continues all is well in Nova Sordo land, right? This past week demonstrated yet again how Francis is an open enemy of the Catholic Church. He is not Pope. The double-mindedness of Francis was on full display when he had this to say about the Holy Ghost, as you know. Quote-unquote, this Holy Spirit is a disaster because he never tires of being creative. Now, how is a disaster divined or implied in this case? Can it ever have a positive connotation as it relates to theology and God specifically? The reality is this. Freemason Francis was taking yet another jab against the faith and at the same time trying to hide behind his devilish charm and his quote-unquote humility. But folks, why even joke about our God in the first place? Do not the open enemies of the church do as much like the Islamics or the Jews? Oh, wait. Francis is yet another slave to his Jewish masters, like Rabbi Skorka. The New Age, I've covered this before in times past, those new to Tradcat Night, the New Age on their own page, say Francis is one of theirs. He's a puppet of one of theirs. 
They're in control of him pulling the strings, basically. And that, again, is another proof to me as to why he's not the false prophet. I think Francis is bad. Just wait. <laughs> Furthermore, considering we're on the verge of World War III and the Tribulation, of which our Lord said he would have to shorten the days because very few people would survive, why would he even make such a remark? Now, as if this comment in and of itself was not bad enough, it was sad to see so many making excuses for his latest buffoonish outtake. I mean, how do people take like Aiken, people like Aikens and the Shays of the world, how do they take these people from the Nova Sordo serious crux, John Allen? These people aren't Catholic, folks. Trust me, I would tell that to their face. They can come on my show and I'll tell that to their face. These people are not Catholic. But do you expect anything less from those following the Vatican II new religion? I had several Nova Sordites comment on my social media within the past few days saying, he was only joking, you know. Yes, as if this excuses the sin that he just committed. I get it, my Nova Sordo friend. Go back to playing your video games and the margaritas, whatever else you're doing. The Go back to watching Fox News and be a part of that false right crowd. I get it. You know it. You know everything. This is what you find in the fun-filled Novus Ordo land of apostasy. People who are completely clueless, who are always making excuses, trying to sweep everything under the rug. Oh, you're misconstruing. You're mis No, I'm not. You're just a dope. <laughs> That's the part. You're just a dope. You've got no critical thinking skills. You don't know what Freemasonry truly teaches. You don't know how modernists operate. You're a dope. Now, this apostasy stems from pride and is being kept alive by it. Amidst all of his novelty, which occurs on the regular, we have to admit as real Catholics, there is sort of a coherent logic to these modernists and their madness. Is there not? The mind rot is to such a level now that in Novus Ordo land, heresy and sacri sacrilege is just really something that's seen as normal. And it's been seen this way for quite some time. One heresy that's basically just labeled as normal now is the whole Zionist you know, uh, heresy. I mean, goodness, you find this in the false right crowd amongst the false traditionalists even. People who are perfectly normal now are being called crazy because <laughs> those truly crazy are now found in the majority. Just as St. Anthony the Great forewarned in our times. Even forewarned of Vatican II, saying that churchmen would succumb to basically false modern doctrines and to the spirit of the age. Wouldn't it be great if real Catholics used the same mind rot to explain to these heretics who occupy our buildings in return? Meaning, if we spoke their language, would we be able to make our points more loud and clear so that they would understand what we're saying? Now, with the possibility of such, I have decided to make some suggestions as to what we could say in return to the chief modernist in charge, anti-Pope Francis, for those scoring at home. And I'm saying that sarcastically because he's not the true Pope. He doesn't have jurisdiction. He's not in charge, truly. Francis, you are a great leader of heresy. How about God chose you, Francis, to further lead the people away from him? Or how about Vatican II theology should be seen as great? 
especially if you are a faithless Jew or Freemason. That's not good enough. How about Francis? You are truly humble. Humble enough to avoid the websites accusing you of heresy. And lastly, what about we have a God of surprises, all right? He surprised us when you said you were Pope. Now, in this particular context and what we're talking about in Francis's latest buffoonery is this Francis really being funny or is it him showing his true Masonic colors yet again? It, of course, is the latter. This latest stunt of the Francis Fun Factory goes to show you he has been sent by God to be yet another destroyer of the true faith. Ironically, what is actually funny, though, is this. Francis and his apologists, other modernists, actually call themselves Catholic. As if the church has already, as has not already condemned these people who argue very silly, you know, very laughably that we are outside the church. These people are truly blind and a part of God's justice program. In general, when the people get lax and tepid and lukewarm, God sends wolves into the vineyard. And boy, have we have had wolves for over the past 50 years now leading people astray. But should we despair, folks, in all this? No, of course not. We have to know and understand that this situation is only helping to sanctify our own souls. Let us call to mind what Peter says in 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 7. He says that the trial of your faith, much more precious than gold, which is tried by fire, may be found unto praise and glory and honor at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Are we not now being tried by fire, my fellow eagles? The authorities in the church have completely lost any real sense of what it is to be a true Catholic. They've handed themselves over to the spirit of this age, which in return they now uh, implement their false doctrines. They are serving the world through the Luciferian man-centered principles of Vatican II, the new Tower of Babel. Is it any wonder why in the apocalypse Rome is destroyed? And Rome is destroyed in Catholic prophecy. Read Our Lady of La Salette again. I shudder to think about these popes and prelates standing before God, teaching what they teach currently and what they have been teaching. Therefore, we have to say an extra rosary today for the leaders in the church. God's wrath is about to pour out on their behalf. Do not let your faith waver, though, as I mentioned, overseeing so much disobedience to the faith, no matter who it comes from. Stand firm, repeat over and over to yourself, they have the buildings, we have the faith. Your own body is like a temple, like a church. Keep it pure. Keep the faith inside it. Keep it growing. This is why Jesus said in the end times, prepare your house. Make it your fortress. It's going to be basically your church in, in a more loose sense. <coughs> You're not going to have buildings to go to. God's going to get rid of those. God's going to get rid of priests, largely. Not that there won't be any uh, priests, obviously. But the faith, the true faith, uh, is going to go formally underground. In a loose sense, we can say it already is. So the eagles are few in number these days, but God has a plan for us in the restoration program to come. This is why we have to continue to carry our cross, keep in patience, keep in faith and hope. That new day will come. And until then, keep in pursuit of perfection and recognize that these heretics provide you with an opportunity for you to show your faithfulness to God when they are not. In the end, it's not the Holy Ghost, which is a disaster, as Francis claims. It was Vatican II and the modernists like anti-Pope Francis who are.
Now, what I'd like to do is to continue along my timeline. As I mentioned, I'd like to get through uh, at least an hour, uh, if I could, get through some other uh, news that we're seeing here on this podcast. We've got Cardinal Burke coming out saying, Francis runs the risk of a schism. I just made mention that even the false traditionalists like Burke clinging to Vatican II see an impending formal schism in the church. We've got to continue to pray for Cardinal Burke to wake up and break free from the Novus Ordo religion, including the Novus Ordo liturgy. Uh, so what he said was Francis cannot permit that a bishop's conference or individual bishop does anything contrary to the doctrine and practice of the faith. Uh, Burke said in a Gloria.tv interview, uh, hosted by Thomas Stark. Burke called the proposal that German Protestants should be allowed to receive Holy Communion absurd, when in quite reality, folks, this has been happening for some time. It, it happened with JP2. It happened with B16. It happens a lot in Europe. Uh, I haven't personally heard of it uh, of anyone coming to me saying it's happening here in America, but I, I know that it is too as well. In a loose sense, it, it will just become more common practice, and it has to as humanity is being more and more united, they have to break down the faith further and further. So, of course, there's going to be a new ecumenical rite with other Protestants. Expect some type of rite with with Hindus and Buddhists coming together in the future. They have to progress. They have to get everyone united on, on a, in a false sense in order for people to be prepared, ripened, and ready for the arrival of the false prophet who will say to everyone, you have to take the mark. Now, he said, Burke, I hope Francis will correct this. Otherwise, the church ends up in a situation like the ever-multiplying Protestant dominations. And that's ironic because the conciliar church is Protestant, as Archbishop Lefebvre said. Burke commented on Francis' recent denying the existence of hell, the uh, immortality of the soul, noticing that there has uh, not been a proper correction on the part of the Holy See. According to Burke, it would have been a necessary uh, to to say that Francis reaffirms what the church has always taught about the last things. According to Burke, the situation in the church runs the risk of a schism. And of course, uh, those following Archbishop Lefebvre and Father has recognized, we know and understand that the, 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 the church, if you will, the conciliar church is already in a material schism. This is why you cannot satisfy your Sunday obligation in the conciliar church. The faith isn't there, objectively speaking. Crux is doing an awful lot of propaganda as it relates to this whole fashion nonsense. Uh, <laughs> the Heavenly Bodies Fashion and the Catholic Imagination e Exhibition on Monday, May 7th, if I'm not mistaken, Dolan was there. Uh, one of the other cardinals, it begins with a V, like Vasari or something. He's, uh, he's a known Freemason. He's been pushing this agenda hard. I'll get to this in a second, hopefully, as it relates to what Our Lady of Fatima said. I just wanted to point out that this heretical website, Crux, is really pushing this event hard. Um, and, you know, they're basically making the implication, of course, that these Novus Ordites, one, one of which, uh, Madonna, is actually just a, an admitted Talmudist following the Kabbalah. Fallon, Perry, Clooney, Madonna. These people are really Catholic. Like, what planet is the Crux on? I'll tell you what planet they're on. How about Antichrist Watch? Unseasonable downpours in Israel, a sign of the Messiah's coming? As I mentioned, the world's being prepped for the new false Jewish Messiah. 
This is why I keep putting up these headlines, uh, you know, in my blog is to show you what these certain Jews are saying who are constructing this new world order. They're largely behind it. This particular article, Breaking Israel News. Several esoteric sources connect rain with the Messiah, they say, leading one prominent Kabbalist in Israel to state that the recent downpours are a sure sign that the Messiah's coming is imminent. Now you'll have such idiot Protestants and probably even some who call themselves Catholic thinking that we are talking about our Jesus. No, folks, this is the Antichrist. So now, according to the Kabbalists, the weird weather, if you will, unseasonable downpours are now a sure sign that the Messiah is about to show. Again, this isn't a decade or so away, two decades or so away. This is not what these certain faithless Jews are saying. They're saying that their messianic era will start in 2023. It's only five years away. How about the latest in birth pangs news? Planet X incoming. Jesus warned there would be earthquakes in diverse places. We got over 270 quakes rocking the Canary Islands. We had an earthquake swarm hitting El Salvador, uh, destroying 11 homes, damaging 200. And there was also a pretty sizable earthquake on the West Coast. I think it was by Santa Monica in uh, California uh, yesterday, close to a 5.0. Now, before I forget, folks, because I forgot to talk about this or ran out of time, during the live show this past weekend, I wanted to cover the Jewish Noahide laws involving Christian decapitation. Now, of course, we've been talking about how there are, and this is a reality, that there are over 850 FEMA camps here in this country. There are quote-unquote re-education camps in Europe uh, for after when global martial law is declared. And basically anyone who resists uh, the New World Order uh, will be sent away to these camps. Uh, but specifically, I wanted to point out how it's in the codified law of Orthodox Judaism. It says this. This is in the Babylonian Talmud. Sanhedrin 56a, Stein Salt edition, volume 18, page 92. The codified law of Orthodox Ju uh, Judaism says if a non-Jew violated one of the seven Noahide laws, he is liable to death by decapitation. And provided a, a picture there. Um, of course, this ties in with Apocalypse 24. Again, we're, we're about to enter into the great uh, persecution in which we know that there will be a lot of beheadings. And I saw seats, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and the souls of them that were beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God, who had not adored the beast, nor his image, nor received his character on their foreheads, or in their hands. This is where we are headed, folks. This is the reality of our times. So continuing along uh, my timeline, if you will, there are more. Economist A.V. Gilbert of Gold Seek saying the stock market is inevitably going to crash. He likens it to crash around the 5K mark which is slightly lower than what some of the other pundits, analysts have said who have been on my show. Nevertheless, we'll have to see. A lot of them are saying third or fourth quarter, and we're getting dangerously close to that time, so we'll see how this plays out. 
It's an article I posted under the title of Distress of Nations. London crime wave is just getting out of control. England's capital is descending into criminal chaos with stabbings and murders through the roof. Paul Watson made a video, and he's another puppet, but he does a good job, at least in this area, exposing mass immigration. But he exposed recently London's gangs uh, who are behind the violence and composed mainly of Somalians, Congolese, as well as Eastern Europeans, all immigrants that were brought in by the globalist politicians who are obviously in charge of England. Now, under the days of Noah title, if you will, their fears now being raised over human cloning. We're seeing a lot more of these articles break into the mainstream, if you will. Uh, and again, this falls into the man playing uh, God, all types of uh, hybrids being created, chimeras they're called, mixes between humans and animals. Now apparently they can create another human life without even having an egg and sperm. This is, this is where we're at. Man trying to com completely manipulate. And of course they're hiding under the ruse or the guise of, you know, this is what's best for humanity, you know, as if they know. I mean, how can they know when you're not even Christian? Again, you're, you're either going to be living in a truly Christian society or you're not. And what's about to happen formally is obviously not going to be a Christian society. It will be under the Antichrist. We also had under the title of Earthquakes in Diverse Places a rare 4.5 magnitude earthquake striking just off the shore of New Orleans. Uh, I've been doing this for, for quite some time. I have not seen uh, a quake of this magnitude strike that close to New Orleans. It was about 120 miles southeast of Grand Isle. I haven't heard of any other uh, follow-ups, uh, but I suppose while I'm thinking about it, we can take a quick glance at today's latest earthquakes quite a few of them 60 um seeing a lot more swarms here in hawaii so the <laughs> the swarms quakes continue in hawaii the earthquake that i talked about before uh in california was actually a 4.5 11 kilometers north of cabazon california um but again uh, hawaii is just getting pummeled absolutely pummeled by quakes right now sizable one in china as well uh, tonga had a 5.0 but we've got to continue to to pray for the poor people uh, of hawaii now this particular cardinal i mentioned uh, earlier his name was uh let's see ravasi uh, i said his name wrong earlier but anyway there is connections between him and uh freemasonry uh, he has been a quote-unquote cardinal of the Catholic Church since 2012. We, of course, know uh, Freemasons are ipso facto excommunicated uh, from the church under the old canon law. Um, since 2016, various websites are reporting he's been an honorary Masonic Grand Master, thanks to the Grand Lodge of Spain for a letter which the cardinal sent last February to his dear brother Masons. So it's just, it's kind of out in the open now. And again, these people are not Catholic whatsoever. Uh, and some resistant 
minded news, if you will. Apparently, Dictator Filet dismissing another resistant-minded priest. Uh, I cited a source, tradcatresist.blogspot. There's also another website, forum. And apparently a seminarian who was in the fifth year at the seminary at Econ, just a few weeks away from uh, being a sub-diaconate, uh, seemingly was abruptly dismissed from the seminary for reasons of opposing, uh, for opposition to uh, rally, the rallying of Filet, basically, basically not sucking up to him and, and the take that they now have, which is, it's not the take that Archbishop Lefebvre had. Um, so apparently, according to this article, he's very affected by the decision, obviously. And again, it just goes to show, you know, you speak up against Filet, disagree with him. You know, they boot you out, whatnot. This is the new direction of the neo-society. How about One World Religion Watch News? Uniting against slavery. Remember, I, they're trying to unite humanity on virtually every level now. Health, fashion. Now it's, uh, you know, our common fight against slavery. It's funny how they're trying to unite on every level, but doctrine which is the only true measure of any type of true uniting as a Christian. we got to get all the Christian churches from all the various denominations Francis wants. Problem is, you can't pray with heretics, you can't work with heretics in that fashion. They're not with us, they're outside the body of Christ, but Francis doesn't think so. That's because he's a heretic like them. Now, again, this is where I mentioned earlier, Fatima versus the Novus Ordo. The church has no fashions, as opposed to women saying, uh, tonight's collision of faith and fashion can't be ignored. Again, is Our Lady being listened to? Again, it's not just the, the, the modern godless women that we're talking about. It's the men, too, as well. Our Lady warned certain fashions would be introduced, which will offend our Lord very much. Those who serve God should not... Follow these fashions. The church has no fashions. Our Lord is always the same. The church has no fashions. But apparently Masonic Cardinal Raviasi thinks differently. Apparently Cardinal Dolan thinks differently. Naturalist religion. Uniting on the natural level outside of doctrine. You don't have the proper norm of faith. It is impossible to please God. It is possible to be in a state of grace, objectively speaking. There's a fair article put out there too as well that I recirculated. Social media, not religion, is the opium of the people. Social media can be used for a good. Obviously we can use it to expose what's going on in the conciliar church and expose Vatican II and expose these heretics and expose all the evils and so on and so forth, but it is becoming an opium, of which I can tell you that I have to consciously recognize that I'm being on the computer too much at various points and say I've got to pull off and get myself uh, reorchestrated, if you will. It is addicting. It can be a drug. And Karl Marx said religious suffering is at one time and the same the expression of real suffering and a protest against real suffering. Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, and the soul of the soul's condition. It is the opium of the people. Yet the reality social media is becoming the new 
whipping boy and poster child. How about Freemason Francis insulting priests this past week for being boring? <laughs> I actually heard this argument from one, one girl that I went to school with. You know, she, she thinks she's being all saintly by strumming on her guitar and singing her Novus Hordo hymns. And, and it's highly individualistic. And, you know, I can become a saint going through this path. Like, no, you can't. Um, and that's one of the arguments that she used, basically, uh, us as traditionalists. I'm not going to sit there in church and be bored. These, does this sound like people who are actually really in love with our Lord who understand that this is the sacrifice of the Mass? This is the passion of the Lord being acted out. No, but I want to get up in front of the people and strum my guitar. This is my path to sainthood. No, that's your path to hell, my dear child. This is called pride. This is called individualism. This is called, I want the spotlight on me. You want to take it away from Jesus. Right? Boring Jesus and his passion. These people aren't Catholic. These are people I went to school with. It's frightening. Francis visited the parish Santissimo Sacramento in a southern suburb of Rome on May the 6th. During a question, a 15-year-old girl asked Francis that many of her schoolmates believe that the church is boring and asked them how she could bring them closer to the church. Francis answered that sometimes your friends are right. Some pastor sisters and laymen are really boring. This is the Francis Fun Factory. This is Pee Wee's Playhouse. Gotta make it fun. The joy of the gospel. Right? When Maitreya shows up, it's going to be a year-round spring, and it's going to be joy to the world. The Antichrist has come. This is what you're being prepped for, Vatican Tour. Better wake up. Just another lemming getting ready to fall off of the cliff. So much happening and going on around the world, folks. If you've got articles, blogs, questions, comments, things you'd like to see on Tradcat Night, I encourage you all to email me at apostleofmary at hotmail.com and I will do my best to answer to all of your emails. Before I do, let us go. I wanted to make a, a final point here in refutation of some of the false traditionalists and integrate Hugh Aiken's latest OCR, that is the latest Catholic Catholic Action Quarterly of the Counter-Revolutionary Resistance and Restoration. Just got it today from Hugh uh, under the patronage of uh, League of Christ the King. It's about, let's see, this one's about 50, 60 pages long. I haven't got a chance to thoroughly uh, go through it yet. But in it, you're going to find passages from true traditionalists from people like Archbishop Lefebvre, the Father Hesses of the world. It, it exposes the liberalism in the neo-society, which I've been doing now for quite so many years. I was in a neo-society for two years. I saw it from the inside out. No one has to tell me, well, no, that's not really... Well, I was inside a child. I know that's how it is. You don't have to tell me. I was inside. I know how they think. They're moving in, they're moving in the wrong direction. 
In terms of priests not being silent when the flock faces serious dangers, Archbishop Lefebvre said that. You have a right and duty to know what your priest says. And oftentimes you'll hear from the false traditionalists, well, they're just trying to be silent. They don't want to be kicked out of the diocese. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Silence is mortal sin at this point. And this was actually attacked by the new SSPX before 2012, before they were getting ready to go to Rome. They were telling all their priests, as Father Hugo attests to, to be quiet. Quit talking about Francis. We're trying to get this deal done. Does that sound very godly to you? Does that sound like uh, the Holy Ghost working through Bishop Filet and his minions? Be quiet on all the errors. we got to get this agreement from the modernists. Then, of course, we know what transpired and we know what he handed over. And still to this day, it's compromised that Vatican II is a legitimate Catholic council. Yeah, yeah, like on what planet? We now can follow the principles of Freemasonry and call this a Catholic council? I don't think so. So anyway, in Pius VIII's Tradici Humilitati, this was in 1829, he, he says this and we'll close. We rejoice and praise Christ to raise up shepherds for the safekeeping of his flocks. With these arms, may you too strive, strive to fight the battles of our Lord, which endanger the sacred teachings. Lest the de- this deadly virus, the evils of our times, spread in your flock. When this corruption has been abolished, then eradicate those secret societies of fictitious men who completely oppose to God and to princes, are wholly dedicated to bringing about the fall of the church, the destruction of kingdoms, and the disorder of the whole world, right? The new world order. Having cast off the restraints of true religion, they prepare the way for shameful crimes. Indeed, because they conceal their societies, they arouse suspicion of their evil intent. Afterwards, this evil intention broke forth to assail the sacred and the civil orders, uh, which is increasingly done, obviously. Hence, the supreme pontiffs, our predecessors, Clement Twelfth, Benedict the Fourteenth, Pius the Seventh, Leo the Twelfth, and Popes, up into including the Twelfth, repeatedly condemned with anathema that kind of secret society, right? Masonry. Our predecessors condemned them in apostolic letters. We confirm those commands and order that they be observed exactly. In this matter, we shall be diligent lest the church and state suffer harm from the machinations of such sects. With your help, we strenuously take up the mission of destroying the strongholds which the putrid impiety of evil men sets up. Also, watch the seminaries more diligently. You think that's happening? My goodness. Put aside the doctrine, just the pedophilia and the perverts that are now being allowed into uh, seminaries. Yikes. Recipe for disaster. The fathers of Trent made you responsible for their administration. From them must come forth well instructed both in Christian and ecclesiastical discipline and the principles of sound doctrine. That doesn't sound like the Novus Ordo to me. Such men may then distinguish themselves for their piety and their teaching. Thus their ministry will be a witness even to those outside the church. They will be able to refute those who have strayed from the path of justice. Be very careful, he says, in choosing the seminarians since the salvation of the people principally depends upon good pastors. Nothing contributes more to the ruin of souls than impious, weak, or uninformed clerics. That perfectly describes the Novus Ordo. As I've said, I've debated numerous bishops, priests over the years, and they are clueless. They always bail and back out after 10 minutes because they have no concept of what true doctrine is. 
I mean, take a look at what's going on in the Conciliar Church now. I was just reading another Novus Ordo pu publication how this one bishop kicked out one seminarian because he was uh, being labeled an anti-Semite for just reiterating what the church had previously taught before Vatican II in a certain area. Think about that. What was taught before Vatican II is now being labeled as heresy or you're just outside the church or you're hateful. This is coming from a bishop. No, this bishop needs to be told to his face, you are a heretic. You're to be avoided. He needs to be told that to his face. We don't care what you're saying about us. This is why God's justice is coming. And I'm going to get louder and louder and louder as things get worse and worse in the world. And we'll continue to point fingers to make sure that these individuals know this is why we're being chastised. It's because of people like you, primarily. You heretics who are leading the church astray, who have no idea what they're talking about. You're impious, you're weak, you're uninformed. Clueless. You shouldn't be teaching. Now to counteract this most deadly pest, spare no labor, he says. Shall we hold back on our voice when the Christian cause is in such great need? And this is why so many people don't like me. I raise my voice very loud. And I don't care to who. Shall we be restrained by human arguments? Shall we suffer in silence the rending of the seamless robe of Christ the Savior, which even the, the soldiers who crucified him dare not dare to rend? Let it never happen that we be found lacking in zealous pastoral care of our flock, be said as it is by present dangers. The point is, we cannot be quiet. We have to speak up. We're not at the point, as Michael Matt is trying to imply, like guns are at our head. We're, we're like having to have to hide in dens and caves. No, we're not at that point yet. You have to speak up. And quite frankly, if let's say there were a, a priest in the conciliar church, because I've been asked this before via uh, like a question offline, off air. Well, what do you do? How would you handle it, Eric, if you... You know, had a priest who essentially thinks like you, <clears throat> privately will agree with you, but then publicly he won't say anything from the pulpit. He'll continue basically just to spew Vatican II stuff from the pulpit. You just stay away from him. You call him out for being a coward. And you avoid him because he's a plague. He's, he's just as bad. Can you imagine right now if all people took that kind of action against the, the, the heretical prelates and priests in their church? Pews, the pews would be empty, as well as they should be at this point. Until And put signs up on the door. Get your act together, Father so-and-so. Get your act together, Bishop so-and-so. We won't take part in your apostasy. Can you imagine if people actually did that? But no. The majority are lax. The majority are lukewarm. The majority are going to just simply follow like lemmings. Is this going to save their souls? Absolutely not. <coughs> God gets really ticked off at that. Just as much as heresy, if you will. The lukewarm, he spits out of his mouth in the apocalypse. For those who think that's some kind of astronomical statement. So anyway, you can uh, contact Hugh Akins. It's Akins at comcast.net for further on his uh, handout, if you will. His Catholic Action Quarterly. His website, by the way, is wwwca dash rc.com so you can get to his website so people can order uh, not only this particular quarterly but you can order other books and or you can just subscribe uh, to his website uh, I'm not sure if he's updated if he's got like a newsletter as well but you can get over to what Hugh is doing uh, again I haven't fully gotten a chance to uh, look at every section but upon 
brief a brief looking or scanning over i saw this one particular area and saw how it applied because you hear so many false traditionalists you know arguing that says i just can't come out and say that how about the same for those who are just in in the world who who are not clergy Right, who who agree with what we say privately? And they go out into their careers and they they just kind of follow follow the current, if you will. These people are also spineless, and they need to be called out for for being spineless. Faith, uh, you know, careers and names, money over faith, over betraying Jesus. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, folks. It's not how salvation works. But anyway, folks, it's about an hour, a little over an hour, and I just want to thank you all for tuning into Tradcat Night Radio. Again, check into tradcatnight.blogspot.com daily. It's updated daily, folks. Listen, I can't harp on this enough. Uh, we continue to grow in terms of numbers, in terms of size, in terms of viewership, uh, but the donations kind of just stay stagnant. In some cases, sometimes they they uh, trend downward on some months. Uh, so I encourage you all who have been following this apostle now for, for quite a few months, and see that we're standing behind Archbishop Lefebvre, Father Hess, uh, the sound principles in, in which I'm just trying to, you know, reinvoke, if you will, from what Father Hess had taught. Um, obviously, we see a lot wrong in the false traditionalist world that I've got to call out, unfortunately. I've yet to have anyone soundly refute what I have to say. They just want to in return call me crazy. Uh, but the bottom line is, folks, uh, I need you all to get in this fight financially uh, with me. You know, every $10 a month helps. That works out to be less than a cup of coffee. So if you're checking into Tradcat Night on a daily basis and you can envision this world, if you will, and I truly don't mean this in any egotistical sense, but if I weren't here, what would it be like for you? Would you have to unfortunately get to like a 1 Peter 5 website or a Life Site News? or a remnant, or this or that. I just remind you all that this, this, is, my, this is my 9 to 5, so to speak, and it's certainly more than a 9 to 5. Uh, so uh, for those who have been arguing, why do I even ask for money? Everyone else does it, whether it's LifeSite News, 1 Peter 5, Louis Verecchio. This is, this is how I have to at least make ends meet, so to speak, You know, with the, the, the daily basics that I would need, if you will, and for, for medical and dental and things along those lines. So click that PayPal button, get in this fight financially. If you'd like to do cash, check, or money order route, I know a lot of you want to go that route, and actually I prefer at this point the cash route. Uh, send me an email at apostleofmary at hotmail.com. Again, folks, we got a live call-in shows this weekend. We've got a Planet X slash Earth Changes May 12th show with Steve Olson, Terrell Blackstar. Obviously a lot to talk about concerning all of the various Earthquakes that we're seeing, the massive earth uh, cracks and massive sinkhole, six-story sinkhole that popped up in New Zealand this past week. Uh, a lot to discuss in that area. Then May 13th, we've got Patrick Wood and Dr. Duke Pesta on the program. Uh, and then this week, in terms of TCK Daily Podcasts, um, should have Gerald Salente on this week, and that will probably be about it. Again, I'm going to try to do more solo podcasts uh, going forward. Again, you might sparingly see some special guests from time to time throughout May. But I want to start providing you uh, with analysis as opposed to bringing on people who don't. I mean, they just don't get it. And I know some of you are getting frustrated with that. 
And again, you have to understand that in order for conversions to happen, we've, I've got to rub shoulders to a certain degree and let people know that we are here. This is what we're saying. Get them to understand that what we're saying is the path to go. This is what I am saying in terms of what was already said at Fatima is how we are moving forward. The devil will have his hour, his short period, but we as eagles, we're called to be a part of this great restoration uh, to come, and there is a new day coming uh, in Mary. We know how intimately connected the Immaculate and Sacred Hearts are. We've got to continue to remain in faith and hope, continue to stay as close to the sacraments as, as we can. I know it's very, very difficult in this apostasy, but do the best that you can. Don't beat yourself up over it. Jesus knows your situation. Continually offer up spiritual communions. I think it was St. Alphonsus de Liguori who did it every hour. You do that on uh, your Sundays. I mean, heck, I'd like to be going to Mass every day like I was when I was in the Novus Ordo and didn't realize what I was following wasn't Catholic. That would be under normal circumstances. But we're not living in normal times. We're, we're, we're like at the end of the thread, folks. <laughs> we're literally just years away from the arrival of the Antichrist. This is far from normal circumstances and normal times, if you will. So I encourage you all to uh, continue to pray uh, the five Ps. Pray for Pope Benedict XVI, for prelates, for priests, for poor souls in purgatory, for poor sinners uh, like me. Continue to keep me in prayer, uh, specifically that my health uh, can stay relatively uh, okay, so that I can do as much as I can for you uh, on a daily basis. And I uh, just want to thank you all for your support over the years. We're coming up with the close of this year. Uh, will be five years upcoming. So it's hard to imagine that it's been five years already. Uh, but the bottom line is we've got to continue to ask for that grace to persevere, continue to move forward. Not stay stagnant, not move backward, not cower, not remain silent. And until next time, my good friends, keep your wings spread as an eagle in faith and hope. Ave Maria.